0: Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets.
3: Well, it's Thursday. Welcome back to the year's first episode of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets, where it's all dude day.
0: It's all dudes today. Dudes. First
3: time uh, guest on the show, seated to my right, is...
2: Jay Ernest. And
3: across from Jay...
2: AJ Fredrickson.
4: I'm, um, uh, some people call me All J, but... All J? Yeah, Mike Alfan All J. All J.
3: Beaming in from West Palm Beach, Florida.
0: Andy Bram Brandt- Bernard. Damn it. What was my name again? Scarface. Scarface, that's right. <laughs> Al Capone, sitting here at the front. <laughs> Say
3: hello to my little friend.
0: Say hello. I, I just get that fedora now. I'm just wear it. will get my Scarface, get that. I'll be Al Capone until it heals up. Michael Bryant, Brad Shawn. Bryant, what's the latest?
3: Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. So those of us that uh, uh, are listening and not looking at Tom, he's uh, had some stitches taken out just today.
0: I did indeed, after three digging around in my face to take out <laughs> melanoma. That was a thrill.
2: It doesn't. It it looks doesn't pretty bad. good. I scarred
1: terribly. I, oh, for now. That's yeah.
2: nice. well, no, Until mean, it, it is, redevelops. No,
4: what I mean, it's going to get better, you know. It gives yeah, your it is,
1: face yeah, character. True. I think those scars on the face look amazing. <laughs> They do it. there's right.
0: only one what do you mean scars <laughs> <laughs> well, well we, have two,
3: scars. <laughs> we have two we have two first timers on uh, uh car selling secrets and is as god I can't talk our tradition is you start out with the ver- the story of your very first automobile
1: mmm My very first automobile is a 1981 Volkswagen Rabbit diesel. Oh, yeah.
2: The world's
3: slowest car.
1: I had a friend
3: (laughs) in college that had one of those. (laughs) You can walk faster than that pilot. It's
1: good for a 16-year-old to have.
3: I remember she would, and it wouldn't start if it was like under twenty degrees outside either. You
1: know, I, I hit the glow <laughs> plug at least six times in yeah. no the winter.
3: <laughs> I think they were like thirty or thirty-five horsepower or something like that. Amazing! They are pulling my tit. Oh, no, they were really? terribly slow. They were just Jesus. off. Jesus, <laughs> we could look that up, Andy. Uh, let's start out the year with Andy looks up stuff on the internet for old guys. <laughs> horsepower of an eighty-one diesel rabbit.
6: Uh, 81 specifically might be difficult. Let's see here. If it's not 81, it's around there. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I would imagine so. Well, so the golf is the
4: new rabbit, or yeah, the, it's I, the I, same thing. I think. I think it is the
3: same thing in different parts of the world.
4: But well, they don't have gas heaters anymore, I guess. No, no. probably not.
3: Well, it, this this <laughs> car had a heater. Actually.
4: I remember yeah. Those, remember those gas
6: heaters? Well, let's see, an 81 that would have been the Mark One. Because the Mark II came out in '83.
3: Okay, so the Speedy Mark One. What's the <laughs> horsepower speedy in the, and di- the diesel model?
6: Uh, let's see if I can figure out how to
4: read what the hell this is. And the great thing was the Here Volkswagen bus had the same horsepower. It was, you know, you think That's it was right. a larger, larger <laughs> thing, but same horsepower. Looks
6: like it would have been a 1.7 liter, 74 horsepower. Yeah, 74. That seems what like a lot. There's a lot of power behind it. 1980 <laughs> was 62 horsepower.
3: Wow. Okay. But so 81 went up the model. Bit. Exactly. <laughs> it did. <laughs> that
6: was the Speed Demon one. Yeah, mm-hmm. Speed Demon. I had bigger motorcycles. AJ,
3: uh, you are the first time on Walzer Automotive's Car Selling Secrets. He's our guest engineer, uh, courtesy of Hubbard Broadcasting. Nice
2: young fellow. What's your first ride? Um, I was lucky enough to be handed down a 1997 Pontiac Grand Dam. Nice. It's not Ooh. bad. No,
4: I, my yeah. grandmother drove one of those. What? It, it, That's exciting. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Let me tell you, I was the coolest kid driving up to Fridley <laughs> High School because I was the only one who could play cassettes inside of the car. Like nice. Ah. Oh,
6: cassettes. Cassettes, yep.
2: I have a pretty nice collection. Yeah, I suppose '87. yeah,
6: there still would have been cassettes, huh?
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
3: Now, are you going to be... Oh, wait a minute. Is it next week? Are you going to be here
2: next week? I will be here next week, yep. yep.
3: So uh, the guest next week is somebody you know very well. Is also a huge Pontiac car fan. Ray Eric's coming in.
0: Ray Eric, oh, yeah. I love Ray. I'm yeah. not going to be here next week. That's he owns
3: a Fiero uh, Grand Prix that he just got from down south and a '78 Trans Am. So, oh, okay, big car collector. Well, Ray's a great guy. Yeah, I think he'll be a lot
0: of fun indeed
3: so uh after we're done looking up stuff that anybody could find on the internet <laughs> jay tell us why you're here it's a great story jay jay was referred to me through uh, jerry
1: uh, at, at, from walzer oh yeah yeah jerry's an old friend um i'm a musician i've been i was kind of raised in this scene here in, in the late 90s i had a band in the late 90s called three minute hero and we we, we were kind of the ska thing. if you guys remember ska yep. music with the horns and the right. nerds and that kind of thing was. A big thing when we were like the big ska thing in that time. From there, I moved out to Los Angeles, and then eventually Arizona, then to Hawaii, and then I moved back to Minnesota. And Couldn't
3: stand all the nice weather. It was, you know,
1: a bet or something. Well, I had to I had to leave Minnesota to to shake the nice guy business guy. You know, like when I was here, everything was. If you're in a band, it's all democratic. Oh, how do you feel about this show? And then you know, you just don't get anything done that way. and I had to learn how to be a ruthless dictator away from Minnesota so to get that back here. Mick Mi
3: Sterling could have taught you that here. You Mi- he Stur- wouldn't have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Mick's been on That's the show true. many times. Yeah. He's a
1: friend, so. Well, since then, uh, my latest creation, I created a Johnny Cash musical called Folsom Prison Experience, and I just had two shows this last weekend. One at the Paramount Center. Uh, we sold sold out at 800 people, and then on Friday we had it At the AIM Center, which was the fifty-fifth anniversary.
3: Love that building. Mm. I do too. That's a great room.
1: Fifty fifth anniversary of when Johnny Cash played his show at Folsom Prison. We had the fifty-fifth anniversary. So basically the musical is we reenact that day that Johnny Cash played for those inmates. The people that come there are no longer guests. You are now inmates. People come with the sticker on. Really? (laughs) We have guards that treat you like your inmates. I mean, Within reason, of course. <laughs> very little beating yeah. and it, kill you. I, and I play the Johnny Cash guy on say C- hello, I'm Johnny Cash, and then I you know I interact with the audience, and then we have a warden, that's the antagonist everybody hates, so it's very very fun musical, uh, we have a lot of fun with it, and I it's it's only about a year and a half old, my buddy Tom Pickard, and I wrote it together over COVID, we called the COVID break for us entertainers. I know Tom,
3: he used to do sound for. Uh, 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 GD GB and up at fabulous armadillos, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. He's been around a long time yeah. and a uh, really good guy and you know us entertainers we were the least essential people. You know, we have you know, McDonald's yep. and then we have entertainers. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like all of our gigs were gone and so when that happened Tom and I got together and we wrote this musical and it's it's been very successful and I'm very proud of it. I,
3: you you're the way you you're uh, accent and the way you talk, you sound just like a very famous actor from Canada. Dan Aykroyd.
1: That's, that's right. Everybody tells me that.
3: You sound <laughs> yeah. just like Dan Aykroyd.
1: <laughs> I sing like Johnny Cash. And <laughs> there you go, sound like Dan Aykroyd. Well, there are worse guys to be than Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. You ever met him? I got a great story about Dan Arkridge. Phenomenal Harker. guy. So I used to work at the W Hotel when I first moved back to oh, Minneapolis, yeah. right? Yeah. And the second place winner from The Voice from like two years ago or whatever, came in. He wanted to come through the basement and take the service elevator up to his room because he didn't want to interact with the people. What? So are yeah. you kidding? So you're know, like second place, who well, cares? Like AJ does
0: that with the elevators here. Oh
1: sure. So, yeah, <laughs> don't, don't,
0: don't look at
3: AJ. No, don't, by the way. Don't, don't look at so his eyes. contract.
1: Then no brown m Nobody, cares. <laughs> I mean, nobody, nobody right. really cares, especially when you come to Minnesota, it's cold. Nobody cares about who this guy is. No. Dan Aykroyd, on the other hand, comes in, hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd. Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd. All the way to his room. Yeah. You know, shaking hands all the way. He's yep. 10,000 times more the star of this guy yeah. and just much more of a personality. So, I, I mean, when people say your voice sounds like him, I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like yeah. Dan Aykroyd.
0: Great guy. He is a very, very nice man. As a matter of fact, he gave me a, a, he has his own vineyard, Mm. and a few years ago, God, more than a few years ago, gave me a bottle of wine, you know, autographed it and the whole deal, Tom, blah, blah, blah. I get home one night about uh, six months ago, and there's my family drinking it.
3: I'm like, (sighs) okay, well, whatever. What, did you buy it just to look at it, or what?
0: I didn't buy it. He gave (laughs) it to me. It was a gift. It was a gift from Dan Aykroyd. I think, you know. Yeah no big deal that they drank it but Calm i thought you up.
4: know They'll probably give it i i one. had a, probably, uh, yeah. I had a vhs copy of uh the uh the uh, my 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 the show that thrust me into television fame you remember it of course because i couldn't get the last puzzles and i didn't get the cadillac i remember yeah. Wheel of fortune yeah i, 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 you did I did get a can't dalmatian, tell you though. about it <laughs> you I, I, got got the, I got the ceramic dalmatian which is all i really wanted <laughs> So you know, I'm I'm happy with it. But you know, I had, I, you know, I I Tell taped it, story. I taped it. I, I don't, I, I I really that that tape, that VHS tape, was sacred. And then one day, uh, my youngest son, uh, oh no, yeah. Well, the, the only the, one of the thing is he taped a TV show over it. But but at least it was. What would you do? You know, which and was the, another yeah, the show, show that, yeah. I, that I did. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, that was the Universal Studios thing. Right. Uh, and uh, so at least I have that. But um, uh, Max, my youngest son, found, uh, he found online uh, access to the What Would You Do show I, I was on except that it's just kind of uh, compressed and warbled, you know. Really? Yeah, it's, it's like it's like you're watching it through my eyes, so you can barely <laughs> see it.
2: <laughs>
0: I will never forget, Mike uh, goes on Wheel of Fortune, almost wins the big prize from top to bottom, was mm-hmm. the, the uh, yes. puzzle he didn't guess. I get a call from Mike about a week later. He goes, Tom, I need your help with something. I said, okay, what, what's up? He goes, I want a bunch of carpeting on, uh, on the show, and they delivered it. Could you come over and help me with it? I say, yeah, sure, no problem. So I drive over to his house. I get there and I said, "Okay, you want to go to the front or the back?" He goes, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Do you want to carry the front of it or do you want to push the back?" And he goes, "I'm not doing that. i carry carrying up the stairs by myself."
4: Well, come on! Now. I mean, that's like being a pallbearer at the at the home of uh, Orson Welles. Wells. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, come on! I, 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 what oh, am I supposed to do? It was hilarious. I'm like, okay, and you know what's great? Whenever I go to a whenever I go to a funeral of one of my Jewish relatives. Yeah. it's like you know there's like six six elderly Jewish guys uh, and, and including me but they're all like in their 80s so I have to bear the brunt of it like you're the youth yeah because I'm the youth yeah and then I have to go home and, and take hot baths for about two months
0: I understand. Uh, I do understand that completely.
4: Speaking of
3: tapes, I've become... I have a new friend, actually, who was the former general manager of uh, really a famous guitar shop in the Twin Cities, sadly, that's no longer there, called Newt Coupe. It was on 28th and Hennepin across from the Old West High God. for a long time. Oh, I remember that, that. And yeah. all the musicians worked there in town. It was just a great place. Yeah. Well, um, I was over at his house for a Christmas party, and the, the guy is a total type A person, and he's got... Just crates of CDs and they're all labeled. There's thousands of them, and I was kind of pawing through them, and I said, "Wow, you've got some Doug Maynard CDs." Now I don't know if everybody knows who Doug Maynard Maynard is, but he was a just a great uh, soul singer uh, in the '80s uh, through the early '90s. Sadly, he lost a hard-fought battle with a bottle and passed away really young. But he was just he was terrific. It was sort of the forerunner of what would become a lot of great bands. And he goes, you know, uh, these albums are okay, but if you want to hear something special here, take this home and uh, copy it and then just bring it back. And it's a board tape from the pain reliever in like 1988. Oh, Steve Raitt, Bonnie Raitt's brother, Bobby is a Raitt's sound brother, engineer. Sure. Yep. Uh, Ricky Peterson and Billy Peterson. If you know the, the Petersons, it's just a, a musical dynasty uh, family in the Twin Cities. Margie Cox, who was a friend of mine from high school, Melian Rosales, John De La Silva. This thing is j- it's effing awesome. Like wow, this is such a cool find. So, uh, if anybody wants a copy, I, uh, I, they'll be available in the lobby. Now, if you're a Doug Maynard fan, you can reach out to me at Doug at Walzer, and I'll, uh, I'll eventually make some copies of this stuff because it's it's really cool. And, you know, I was explaining to Sarah, my wife, who's you know younger than I am and didn't re- ne- never saw him. I played one of his studio records and then I played this thing. And she goes, You know that studio album? I would never go see that band. That board tape that Steve Raitt made, I'd be there every damn yeah, night. You know, <laughs> I mean, they were just
0: terrifically talented. Can I tell you my Ricky Peterson story about Japan?
3: Uh-uh.
0: Did I ever tell you this? Oh, God, I love Ricky. Pe- the whole Peterson family, the nicest people in the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Ricky Peterson's in the studio one day. We're just kind of schmoozing. We we're cutting the commercial for somebody. I don't remember because he, I can't remember what it was. Oh, you know what? He released a song and I did the voice of Muhammad Ali on the song. Oh, really? Yeah. It's out there somewhere. He said, I'm the king of the, yeah, king of the world? Yeah, king of the world is called, yeah.
3: I think he's still touring the
0: Stevie Nicks, right? <clears throat> I think so, yeah. But Ricky produced it. <laughs> so he goes, Tom, I made a huge mistake. I said, what was the huge mistake? He goes, well, I got a gig in Japan and they flew me in. It was just for a weekend deal. So I flew in, stayed the weekend and flew back. It was really quick. I said, so I'm all, you know, kind of beside myself trying to get everything locked in and I'm in a hurry and I'm rushing around and all the rest of it. I finally get to the, the TV and radio interviews. They said the first one, I, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I got there, I had just arrived, and it was a little chilly in in uh, Tokyo. He said it wasn't cold or anything, but it was a little chilly. <laughs> and the host of the show asked him live on the air, so what do you think of Tokyo? And he said, and I quote, well, there's a little bit of a nip in the air. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And he said, as soon as I said it, I went, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Any other word would have been fine. (laughs) Ricky, Ricky's a great guy.
3: What's his sister's name? Um, Patty? Patty. Patty, that's right. Bumped into her. Um,
0: God, it's, it's another real blank talent. Out on her name, oh, well. she
3: she does a sh- some shows on 88.5, on uh, yeah
0: a jazz right, station. Right.
3: So I was over there doing some stuff with Meat Sauce, and our sales rep was uh, walking us out, and uh, I see her, and we start talking, uh, you know, shooting the shit, and head to the elevator. And he goes, "Well, how do you know her?" And I said, "Well, she's part of like the most famous musical family right. in the Twin Cities." And he goes,
0: "She is." Like, <laughs> they don't not many people don't know that. I mean, they do stuff. They go around from church to church yeah. and play songs. They yeah. do, they just mm-hmm. constantly playing yeah. stuff. Really, really nice family,
1: though. What are the kids, Jason, he plays with Michael Bolton, I believe. Oh, no, oh is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. He's always on tour with him. Is there yeah. a nip in the ear? I'm surprised that Michael Bolton's still on tour,
0: actually.
7: But
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. <laughs>
0: now, that's the part of this business that's so great, the crossover of music and television and radio and all the newspapers. That I do like that crossover stuff. It's yep. very, very cool. A lot of really good people, as a matter of fact, but God, I haven't seen Ricky in a while. I'll have to reach out to him.
3: Well, let's get back to our local music guest in the studio. So, who came up with the idea for Folsom Prison? How did that start?
1: Well, I would play Tom Pickard's venue, and he has this venue in St. Michael, Minnesota. There's a there's a movie theater up there that he rents out. Yeah. He has a place called The Music Room, and he's got a lot of great acts in there. And since he's been such a great sound engineer for so many years it's, it makes that place sound beautiful yeah, it's like really, 220 really people to smaller theater so my i have a band called church of cash i tour all over the world with a johnny cash tribute show that's that's how i make my living and we play there once a year or something like that and he would come up to me after a show and he would say hey we should do this thing called Folsom prison experience we can you could do the johnny cash thing and we could set it up like this i said yeah that sounds great let's do it sometime but i'm too busy touring he's too busy running a venue that's when coming back to COVID, 2020. He said, this is the time when everybody else is just hanging at home, not creating anything new artistically. Yeah. Let's do this now so when the world opens back up, we can have something fresh and brand new for yeah. the people. So we got together, did a ton of research on Johnny Cash and what was happening during that show in 1968, Folsom Prison, of course, that record relaunched Johnny Cash's career and then you know and it wasn't soon after that he had the Johnny Cash show in like yep. 1970 and Love 71 show, which was huge way. and big Great show. and really cemented him as an icon right yep. I mean he was already huge but that this would yep. blew him over the edge and this is where rock and rollers are starting to like Johnny Cash now because of that show he did at Folsom and it launched him anyways did a ton of research on that day on Spotify you can find that show Folsom Prison you can find this thing called the Legacy Edition where it's three hours long so you know they take just like any show you you do two shows and you pair it down right. to an album so this goes on forever And you find out that there was a guy named Hugh Cherry who was a radio guy from LA and he was kind of the MC of the night really set up Johnny Cash I mean if you listen to the record it starts out hello I'm Johnny Cash and then people go nuts how do you do that you have to set that up yeah, right because right. usually Johnny Cash walks up people start freaking out Right. so you have this Hugh Cherry guy so he wrote this whole part Hugh Cherry. Now, he's the MC of the night, but we also made him shill for Columbia Records. You know, so he's got a couple hats. Mm -hmm. So when he's on stage, like, his point of view is, I'm here to make a great record. Right? And then you have the warden, who's, you know, the antagonist. Everybody hates him. It's like, he's control. you got to think of uh, uh, Shawshank Redemption. You know, we kind of modeled the warden after him. And then you have Johnny Cash, who's the advocate for... The, the inmates. So we kind of had this dynamic of three people. So, long story short, we kind of created our own plot within to make a story. You know, there's a story from front to finish. Realistically, we're taking a tribute act, and there's a billion tribute acts, mm-hmm. and I get that, and I'm, I'm in a sea of tribute acts, but we're taking it to the next logical level where nobody's really doing it before. We're actually making a story out of it, recreating a, a musical. T- point of time and bring it to an audience that if you did not create a or did not get into prison in California at that time, you were not there. So people that are a fan of this music, fan of Johnny Cash, fan of that album, you can come there and kind of relive what it was like to mm-hmm. see that show.
3: That sounds cool. So are you going to need shows coming up?
1: Yeah. Um, I think locally we have some shows in April at the Old Log Theater in Excelsior. Oh, God, yeah. great theater. So the, what is it, the Old Log on the 14th and 15th of April, tax time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Tax time, come and see the show. Uh, tickets are already available. We wanted to hold off until the AIM show this last weekend. Yeah. And we were at 92% sold out, so that's 920 people we had. I was going to
3: say, that holds about 1,000. Yeah, you? so
1: we did very, very well, and we wanted to hold off on that until releasing these tickets. But now they're available... Old Log Theater, if, if you guys are interested out there, it's, it's FolsomPrisonExperience.com, and that's where you can see pictures, you can see the clips, and you can see if, if, if I do any good doing a Johnny Cash impression. But not only do you have me there, but there's some super talented people. We have Cat Perkins plays the part of oh, June yeah. Carter. Sure. She, oh, does, wow. she knocks it out of the park. She's unbelievable. There's a band called Hitchville. Have you ever heard of Hitchville, they're kind of a mm-hmm. country band they've been around mm-hmm. for a long time here in the cities. They play the part as the Statler Brothers. Cool So And then we have two or three actors that are on stage, the Warden, and then Hugh Cherry, of course. And then we have all these guards that are staged along the people, you know, like keeping an eye on everybody, the whole thing. So um, it's highly entertaining, even if you're not a big Johnny Cash fan, you can still come there and enjoy what's going on on stage.
3: So I'll tell you, uh, my only Tom story, your partner, we were it was in a band, and it was, it was actually a Walzer party. It was like a big employee blowout at Pickle well, you know, Park. I didn't get an invitation.
0: And, yeah, I wasn't there either. I
3: well, I think that. it was 2000, let's see, my daughter would have been, I guess it was 2008, she was five, and we played in front of G.B. Layton. And my daughter, for some reason, loved Jerry, uh, the killer. Jerry Lewis. Mm-hmm. Jerry Lee
0: oh, Lewis. Gee, I loved him. And
3: we did Great Balls of Fire in the middle of the show. And so I, I dragged her up. I said, Ellie, you know, who's your uh, favorite piano player? And she's like, Jerry Lee Lewis. And I said, okay, well, honey, what's his nickname? The Killer. I said, all right, we're going to do a song. You're going to have to do the, the punch. And so we're doing, I'm singing Great Balls of Fire until we get to Goodness Gracious. And then she'd go, Great Balls of Fire. And Tom... Took that audio clip and played it all night. It was just this little <laughs> girl going "Great Balls of Fire." It was pretty funny.
0: I love this. You know, you mentioned the Stadler brothers, and every time I hear that name, all I can think of in my head is
1: "Oompa <laughs> like, Oh my God!
0: Or counting
1: hit. flowers on yeah, the wall, right. smoking cigarettes, like and watching Captain Kangaroo. kangaroo. <laughs> I remember.
7: podcast
0: the paranormal 60 with dave schrader tom here with my good friend ceo of north american banking company michael Bilski. michael i was out in maple grove the other day saw your new branch that's under construction it's looking great thanks tommy
7: we're very excited to open our new maple grove branch in the arbor lakes area later this year
0: well the way i do math that's the sixth north american banking company and you only have five fingers how'd you get to six
7: i used my computer
0: And well, now I miss Captain Kangaroo. Way to go, Jay. <laughs> Damn it. I, so, I, it. I have a Johnny Cash question.
5: Yeah.
1: Why did he play his guitar like this? Yeah, yeah so that was cool.
0: weird. Yeah, he did. He kind of put his arm here,
1: didn't he? He played it up, and yeah, I don't he think did. he strapped it up that, but you can, when you play guitar, you can, you know, hike it up, and well, then no, brace it with guitar, your arm.
3: You can do that, but it's like the most uncomfortable
1: I know. It is, but, like but, it, but you, you point it like a gun yeah, when you're looking at people.
4: He, he maybe learned how to do that in his day in prison. The one day that he was in prison.
1: yeah, <laughs> In Starkville City Jail.
4: <laughs> one day, and he makes a career out he of it. He did. Yeah. I'm a prisoner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. But aren't we all prisoners? Well, yes. Bruce Springsteen, I
3: heard, read a uh, interview with him recently, and he says... You know, the guy that wrote Racing in the Streets never had a driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, not a happen. surprise.
0: That'll happen. What, who's he working with right now? Springsteen's working with somebody right now. What? What is that? I don't know. He's appearing with somebody right now. You know, I, I like to tell the truth about somebody. Andy
3: and so. AJ look up shit on the Internet for the old
0: guys. Yeah, there you go. Because I'm not involved in music radio anymore. I'm not even on the radio anymore, just uh, podcasting and all that stuff. I got to the point finally where I could be honest. I have never understood the attraction of Bruce Springsteen. I really? don't get it. Huh. A I of thought Born like, to a lot Run of it was
4: seems good. to be about attitude. Yeah, yeah. Rather lot, than yeah, the music yeah, yeah, itself. I
0: agree. It's about an attitude. Mm-hmm. That's One exactly of my
3: right.
4: Top five concerts was at
3: the old Civic Center in '75 or '6. He came out and mm-hmm. greetings from Asbury Park had just been released, which was his first record four hours flat out it was just like the most amazing and you remember that was the the height of the disco era oh yeah and this guy had really I, I yeah. think revitalized classic American rock and roll and just oh, in, in one tour I, you know I didn't I wasn't a rabid fan I didn't follow him his whole career but that uh, he was he was like if Chuck Berry and Bob Dylan had had a kid Yeah, I could see that. I think it would have been er, early Bruce Springsteen. Because, I mean, his lyrics were really kind of... A little bit was just sort of nonsense, but it was... uh, And it changed later as he became a big star. I mean, he put
1: on those shows that are, like like you said, three to four hours straight, no breaks. He just rocked all the way through. I mean, that's legendary. I don't
3: know how the drummer could do that, quite honestly. Max Weinberg? God, it's just... The, the physical feet to be able to propel it and they do they do some ballads which is always good for the drummer but to play like that for four let's do a four
0: hour set. Remember what he tried to pull off about 25, 30 years ago? I'll never forget this. I went oh my God uh, he got busted by the IRS.
4: Because he claimed
0: to be a farmer. (laughs) Like, what? Apparently he bought a bunch of land, and Mm -hmm. that made him a farmer somehow.
5: A farmer of love.
0: A farmer of love. Apparently he got a big tax break for being a farmer. Wow. God, people, can they make enough money? Is there
4: ever (laughs) enough money? Well, luckily now, you know, there isn't going to be an IRS anymore.
0: They're just going to shut it down. I thought they are getting 87,000
4: new agents. Yeah, right. So, you know, it's it's, uh, open season.
0: It is open season. Well, it's open season in Minnesota, now the third highest tax state in the United States.
3: Can we get our $17 billion back? Or how about if we just yeah, get how about, half can, of it?
0: Yeah, if we'll we'll we just, just start pass there. it out, that would be good. What do they need with $17 billion? God, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, there is... There St. Is, Paul could
3: buy a second snowplow. There is talk right, that there's a won. recession
4: coming, you know, so... Yeah, but what does that mean? Well, uh, nobody knows. Yeah, that's the whole problem. What Is kind of recession? There's a lot of things. Yeah, there are a lot of things. But well, you know,
3: when the Democrats legalize pot in the state, we're going to be swimming in money. Why
0: don't they? Well, it's about time. Well, I for think that, sake. I
3: think that's on the, the agenda for this session.
4: Well, I you think. you got pot and, and you got you got gambling, but the advocates of of those two, well, what I would call wonderful American pastimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, nobody's really claiming it's going to be a financial bonanza. Oh, well, really? I didn't. Why not? That. Because gambling gambling is just it's a little money trickling out of there. But it's, it's oh, not know,
0: big a deal. Not you got to
4: have you got to have you know millions and millions and millions of people gambling every day because oh, I suppose because yeah. you know somebody somebody bets a hundred dollars, somebody else bets a hundred dollars. So you know maybe so so then you got like five percent coming out right oh, okay so that five percent now then you've got all sorts of all sorts of taxes on that you've got expenses on that it's just it's just like a it's a little tiny it's it's like a little tiny drip of money coming out yeah, so okay. nobody is claiming it's gonna be it's gonna be a huge deal now you know of course Las Vegas gambling's a big deal huge yeah but uh, but in all these states that that now have legalized sports betting they're finding out that the money the money's not much it's it's better than not having it and the concept that it's staying locally perhaps than going overseas because people who are gambling on sports right. generally are using right. offshore things so yeah. it's it's just a better better way of you know at least we channel some of that money for good here but no nobody's saying it's going to be a big deal i don't know about i don't know about uh, so much about legalized marijuana but i'm sure it's basically the same kind of thing you know it's it not it you're not going to you know you're not going you know, you're, you're to not going to drop taxes by half by just because you have that. They're they're very small.
0: I don't really understand why I was never attracted to gambling. I never I wasn't. I've I mean, gambled, yeah. but I've never been attracted to gambling, and I don't know why. Well, it's
4: it's in. The, I think it's imprinted in the genes. I think it's yeah, like maybe, it's like yeah. it's like alcohol. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's some, true. Some people going to drink alcohol and become addicts. Some people are going to be. Uh, they won't be addicts. They'll be if, if you're not an addict, but you have to drink every day. Then you're an enophile.
0: You're an enophile. That's yeah, right. That's God, right. I haven't heard that in years. I've no. never heard that. Yeah, the enophile. God, yeah. those were the
4: days. Yeah, those are the days. What's oh. the, what's the definition of that? It's just someone. It's someone who uh, savors wine. <laughs> oh, people who are very sophisticated about wine. Oh, I yes, thought it was
3: people who listen to Brian Eno records. Right.
4: <laughs> 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 well, they <laughs> love <me>. Brian Eno. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An enophile. Yeah. Exactly.
1: No, I I just. It's two definitions, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly.
4: You know the, the real the real gambling scam, of course, are the, are the lottery tickets, where right. where like forty five percent of the money goes back to the public. Yeah. At least when you're betting on sports, you know ninety percent goes back to the public. So mm-hmm. at least so there's there's something in there. It's you're not really fleecing people. It's like it's like slot machines. It's kind of the same way. There are, slot machines are are basically they they uh, their cash machines for for the government yeah. or for the people who are running the the machines because you put a dollar in and you get 95 cents back and then you put another dollar in and you put, you know it's it that's how it works right and uh, but there's something of course addictive about that that's not addictive about that's so, what i understand yeah. that
0: people actually get addicted to gambling yeah the
4: video crack yeah. they call it
0: Oh yeah, with yeah. slot
4: machines. That's why. That's why Canterbury has always wanted slot machines. You know, they've they've got the card thing, and uh, and you can play blackjack there. But it's it's the it's the video stuff that really sucks the money in.
0: God, unbelievable! I
4: you know I I I think I maybe three times in my life I put a quarter into a, into a slot machine. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. There's,
0: well, there's nothing. Uh, it, there's no. Skill to that, you pull a lever.
4: No, but what happens is initially, you know, it creates this dopamine rush.
0: I suppose, yeah.
4: And uh, but then after a while, I mean, you can go to any any casino and you can see the people who are well past the dopamine rush. Mm-hmm. Their eyes are glazed. It's a mechanical thing, you know, with the hand they're pushing the button and they're getting more money. They're pushing the button and it just goes on like that. So after, it you know, it's like it's sort of like. Uh, like Molly people who take Molly yeah it's uh the ecstasy it's what happens is you know there's this incredible rush of, of serotonin and and uh, but what happens is after a while your your body's not producing any serotonin anymore you've drained it
0: see I don't know I've never gotten that gambling or pulling levers or I've never gotten a rush from that at all It's yeah. like, oh, well we'll see what happens
4: yeah, no. yeah it's never, you never did been the, a
5: gambler
6: you did the line thing so
5: Which wine thing?
6: Everyone's got.
5: All of it. Well,
6: what I'm saying is, you've still got an addictive personality, but it's a different thing that you were addicted to. The love of my family? Is that what you're saying, my son? Well, that too. That's a minor addiction, (laughs) that's the
0: lesser addiction. I was never addicted to wine. I gave it up and just decided one day to not to drink anymore. So that's not really an addiction.
4: Well, we're hearing two perspectives here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Andy, is there like something you'd like to share with your father? Uh,
6: oh, from all the way innovation? out here, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's fourteen hundred miles away. So
4: I like the setup.
0: Yeah, you would like to set up. Thank you.
4: This is finally we're getting the truth. Anyway, moving right along.
0: Hey, didn't somebody, uh, an older woman won the the buck and a half. Didn't she won the $1.5 billion? Really? I think some older woman won it.
3: Really? I I, I didn't follow
0: that. I I didn't follow it. It just kind of popped up. Huh. You know, you can literally, I, I was... Pat, one of the things that I do on the show is I, I look for headlines in case any stories break during the show.
3: Mm. Jesus. Did you call him Pat?
0: Did I just I call you Pat? I think so, yes. Why would I call you Pat? I know your name is Jay. That's Jay. <laughs> I know your name is Jay. Why would I do? Does he look like somebody we know? I, if he sounds like Dan Aykroyd. I would have gone with Dan. Pat Aykroyd. That's what it is. Yeah, I knew your name. Why the hell did I say Pat? That's, I, I we did not even
4: catch it, really. Johnny would be okay. <laughs> yeah, now Johnny yeah. would have been better.
0: But now I forgot the, my point I was making. I'm sorry. Uh, but well, no, I
1: don't, know the story of the day you were saying, and then 1.5 person. The, the woman. Oh, the, yeah. so I read the
0: headlines. Headlines today, you know, it's just Metro Transit. Crime in 2022 on board trains and buses increased 50%. So you don't want to read headlines like that. The crime is already horrible, and now it's up another fifty percent. You know,
3: I, and I've ridden the trains before, but it it there's a fairly simple thing you could do to cut that number down.
0: A police force? Well, that,
3: this, <laughs> even simpler than that, it that would, would require really one time well. investment. Put turnstiles in.
4: Yeah, that would be nice. Because it's the
0: honor
3: system to get on the train and pay for it. It I mean, what moron? They always had
4: turnstiles.
3: Right. I mean, go to New York or places that have mature public transit systems that are relatively safe and functional. Mostly in the East Coast, you know, New York and Boston, and it's.
0: You know why that is? Just do that. But you know why they don't? Because Minneapolis, St. Paul, and I've noticed this since I was a little boy. We've always wanted to be either New York or LA. This is not Minnesota, this is New York. It's just as well, I taxes in the United States, the third highest tax in the United States. Yeah. Why? So we can brag about being just like California and New
4: York. What does that mean though? Was third highest tax? Because I see all these I see all these stories about and every, every story it's completely different about who's paying all the taxes. You mean like an it's, all hard, it's hard to
3: count. Because <laughs> if you just focus on income tax, right. you're right. That's it's right. pretty easy to rank, but yeah. uh, we don't get taxed on clothes, whereas right. in other places other you get taxed on this. Yeah. We don't tax boats in Tennessee; it's property tax. It's really hard to yeah. actually measure that.
4: Well, that's that's the thing that that's why you always get a different ranking. But I don't know; it's it's but the the it's the property taxes that are killing people well, right now.
0: Property taxes are a little spendy,
4: especially in the in the <laughs> cities. It's,
0: yeah. It's, yeah, St. Paul is really bad. I it's,
4: don't just I, that's not sustainable.
0: No, it's not. Well, that's why I moved out of Golden Valley, because my property taxes tripled on that house. It's like,
3: okay. yeah. yeah, but not everybody lives in a 45,000-square-foot mansion with its own oh, jet here. runway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Hell> yes, <laughs> yes that, that lot had a huge runway on it. I would not want to land a plane on that no. island. No, so, thank you.
4: Some people have tool sheds, right? That's right. He has his own bank. That's right.
0: <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Didn't we say we were only going to go until 11 o'clock? No, today? i just <laughs> yeah. Look at the time. Boy, <laughs> look at the time.
3: Well, this is the most fun I've had in weeks. This is
0: great. It is wonderful.
3: Missed a lot of the podcast through weather and the previous commitment, so it's nice to be back Jeez, in. And I did way too hard. Ray Eric's actually two weeks from today, which is the second of February. I'm going to be in Dallas next week, but I think I'm going oh, to be able right. to do yeah. it from do it remotely from down there. So
0: you're on Alex's birthday. You're going to have Ray Eric come on, huh?
3: Isn't it, she could come in for a special treat?
0: Well she could. what day? Hang out with Uncle Ray. Well, that's, that's a Thursday, Thursday though, so yep. she won't be doing that. She'll be celebrating Groundhog's Day <laughs> and her birthday. That's what she'll be doing.
3: <laughs> wow, that's quite a life. It really is.
0: There's <laughs> no question about it. Hey, listen. I would love to come back as one of my kids, right, Andy? Which one? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good comeback. That's a good response. I like that. What else is happening?
3: Oh God! I don't. Well, I, I do have some more questions for you. So you alluded mm. to uh, stay in Hawaii. How long did you live there? What did you, mm. What did you think of it? I mean, mm-hmm. I've been there three times, but it's been probably forty years. Mm. I went there a bunch of times in the eighties.
1: I, I lived it. there between two thousand seven and two thousand ten, and uh, I, like I said, I was a, I've been a touring musician forever. I, I, you know, at this point in my life, I, I've got over four thousand shows I've played. I've been a road oh my dog. God for many, many, many years and spent a lot of my life on tour. I mean, I'm not talking about big rock star things in a bus, right. I'm talking about the nitty gritty kind of punk rock in the van, toughing it out, and I did that for many, many years, and which was good, it kind of carved me out how I am, but I was known as this bass player, but ultimately I, I'm a guy that you can get along with, I've still got a lot of Midwestern charm and I can, you can get along with me, And which you don't want to be on tour with somebody that you can't get along with. Yeah. You know, you're in the van all the time anyways there's a band i knew from hawaii a very very good bands and their bass player just left and then uh i called them up I'm like hey you guys need a guy they're like yeah and i was living in arizona at the time i'm like i'm moving to hawaii so it was great i got to get in get in a band with these guys and i got to tour china i was with the first first band from hawaii that got to tour china this was in 2008 wow so they're just starting to let western bands into china and it was great you know i got to go to you go to hong kong you know east meets west but then you take the train and then you get into mainland china you know like you could see advertisements in hong kong a little bit you know like you could still talk to people when you get into mainland it's just like okay mao tse big red star no more advertising guards <laughs> with guns and you're like oh wow <laughs> this is this is the mainland but um the hospitality was large every time they would take us out to eat We'd go to a special room in the restaurant, and it'd be like twenty-seven chairs around a huge table with one of those. What do they call those? Lazy Susan. But we're talking
3: a giant, epic
1: Lazy Susan. The guy would clap his hand, and like fifteen servants would come out with rice and crazy food you've never seen before. You know, and it was it was super fun. Um, It was a it was a great time. I loved living in Hawaii. It was you know obviously every day is paradise in summer. I remember coming out side once and I called my parents up I'm like what are you guys up to like oh it's deer hunting I'm like oh it's November
3: you have no idea idea.
1: because it's the same it's just the same all the time there's an eight eight degree difference between winter and summer it's either it's 81 degrees or it's 88.
4: (laughs) the the biggest problem I had when I was in Hawaii was that I had to get my uh, bets in for NFL football on Sunday oh. at 6 a.m. 6 mm-hmm. o'clock in yeah. the morning. Yeah, it's kind of tough. I know. Mm-hmm. I, but what was I going to do? Was I going to sleep or get my bet down? You're right.
1: I knew day traders that had to get up at like 3? Oh, sure. Two, 3 in the morning, so they would go to bed real early, you yeah. know, 8 o'clock, so they can do their trading.
6: That's not yeah, even day trading, that's still night trading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do miss, I haven't been to Hawaii now since,
0: when was that, Andy, 1995 is the last time we were there? I bet you it was. Yeah, Christ, that's probably about 30 right. 30 years ago. We arrive, we get to the hotel, and the first thing we find out when we walk into the hotel is that our barn burned down at that farm. There. Oh, oh really? yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the barn burned down. Mm. And Paul Majors went on the air and said, I want you to know, even though Tom and I don't get along, I did not burn his barn down. <laughs> 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 a pretty good line i didn't but.
4: realize you didn't get along with majors
0: well we it came and went yeah i think both of us remember andy mentioned the wine part <laughs> Oh yeah. i think maybe both paul and i had some periods where that was not a good plan yeah. you know what I mean. let
4: me tell you yeah. why you suck yeah <laughs> you television <laughs> people are terrible and that might have been uh that might have been stage one that might have been stage <laughs> one know. you might be right about that I cool guy to, though, very nice guy.
0: Oh, Paul was a great guy, no question about it. He he was a very decent guy, and I talked to him a couple of years ago. Well, he came in town when uh, Mike, uh, the, what the hell's his name? He died, the bar owner over at the Loon. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, what the hell's his name? I can't remember. Jesus, I knew the guy for a billion years. I can't remember his last name. It was Mike though, right? or pat that could have been just like what I call well, Jay or,
3: pat, or you
4: know
0: Jay or, AJ pat, or, or something like that.
3: Jay I'll never be
0: able to get it.
4: I know one thing he had great waitresses who later became advertising stars. they did. You're yeah, absolutely right. You are 100%
0: thing. correct about that. That's a, what the hell was his name, Mike? Well, what
3: I want to hear about the waitress becoming advertising okay, stars. Okay, yes.
0: We turned to Mike Gelfand, Well,
3: ladies that's that
4: there was a there was a um, a famous, a highly esteemed uh, advertising uh, giant. Actually, he owned a sort of a, a, a radio, what would you call it, kind of a boutique. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But he did all kinds. He did very funny, funny ads. Uh, Craig Weiss was his name. Yep. He did all sorts of, he did very funny ads. He did. And he hired people with funny voices like me. So I love the guy, and, and but he would go over to he would go over there, and he would uh, have lunch for about three hours at the loon. Yeah. Oh, all the time. Yeah, all and the time. and the, so he he was there so often that I guess he got to know the waitresses quite well, and uh, and two of them wound he wanted I think he hired two of them at least, right?
0: At least. Yeah. Uh,
4: so they would become his creative directors. Yes. And you'd say, well, this like looking at it from my perspective, this is never going to work. This is crazy, but it worked.
0: Huh. Well, they were not exactly homely women either.
4: Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <He> was, <laughs> and was, I think one of, them, one of them went on to become an ad advertising executive in, in L.A., right? I think so, yeah. Yeah.
0: I believe that's true. Yeah. Mm. One of my favorite things that Craig Lease ever did, mowing the lawn one time, the dumb bastard decides to clear the chute, loses the middle two ah! fingers in his right ah, hand. Ah. The middle two fingers just chopped right ah! off. Yeah, yeah. Uh. So what does he do? As soon as it all heals up and it's no, no bandages anymore, we go into the men's room over at the uh, the lumber exchange. Mm-hmm. Right there on the fourth floor. Was it the fourth? third floor? Fourth floor. Third floor.
4: I think it was third, yeah. I
0: think it was the third floor. So I go in there. It doesn't actually matter to the story.
4: It does. <laughs> okay.
0: I want to lock everything in perfectly. Well, you have to. Any any great
4: writer knows you have to set the scene. Yeah, you got to set the scene. We're up
0: building. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. So I get over there and... He finishes his business and goes over to wash his hands. And there's a guy standing at the next sink right next to him. And Wees goes, Jesus, uh, how, why don't they build one of these soap dispensers that works, for Christ's sake? And he's pumping it into the open part between his two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy next to him is like, what the hell's the matter with your friend? <laughs> it's going right through the hole in his hand. <laughs> he was one funny son he was funny he was a very very and, funny and man. he had
4: a great way you know when you do a spot you're, you're you go into the booth and you shut the door and then the uh craig talks you through the intercom the whole thing right. and you know they give you they usually they just like say something funnier and then they get down to business but he had a way of comforting people oh yeah that discomforted a lot of people no doubt about it so he, he'd say to me mike I don't know if you can do this spot.
0: <laughs> that's Mike. I'm telling you, that's that that uh, is Craig Weiss, Mike. I'd
4: say, What do you mean? And he'd say, Well, Mike, this one might require talent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> God, what a dope.
4: And there were actually there were actually voiceover people who would be offended by that. I'm never working for him again. Oh I know.
0: Come uh, on. What it in the was world? A joke for Christ's sake. Oh,
4: I just can't believe that.
3: Castbox, Spotify, IR Radio, and Apple Podcasts.
0: The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan?
3: Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota.
0: That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is?
3: Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate.
0: And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if I'm hanging out with
5: you. Uh, Maybe.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. I wonder what the liquor industry did after Craig died.
4: I think they had a a long period of mourning.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the boy did like a cocktail. There's no doubt about that.
4: <laughs> and I, I believe his uh, body that uh, was uh, laid in state at the Smirnoff's factory. For <laughs> it's a still, long time. It's still there, I think. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think I'm
0: pretty sure. It, 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 now that those were fun days, though, man. They
4: were very fun.
0: Going into the old, uh, what's it called now? Audio Ruckus? Now is that the name of it?
4: I think it is. Yeah, think, yeah, right.
0: I think it's Audio Ruckus. Yeah. Was. What was it at first? I forgot.
4: Uh, was that um, that was voice? Uh, that cookhouse. Well, cookhouse. Was the one was the one in the lumber exchange? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's that's where Radio that's, that's Rock where it was. is. Same okay, thing, yeah. okay, yeah. Same story.
4: The yeah.
3: cookhouse used to be in southeast Minneapolis. It used
0: wasn't to be, it? Yeah, yep. A million years ago. Indeed,
3: it, it moved was, around a bit. It
4: was great though coming in there and and uh, you're getting the, the one the, the greatest thing about doing voiceovers is you know like you would probably do five in a day. Yeah, me a big yeah. a, a big a big a big surge in business for me would be two in a month, but. Either way, you'd go in, you'd do the spot, you'd go home, and uh, my kids would say, where were you, Dad? And I'd say, well, I, I just did a radio spot. And they'd say, oh, who was it for? And I'd say, um, I don't know.
0: There you go. you
4: forget it immediately. And there's no better job than one you can just forget immediately. Because otherwise, you're tossing and turning at night. Oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. Nothing.
0: Yeah, see, there you go. My children, I literally used to cut... 30 to 40 commercials a week yeah. for I don't know 15 years I I'm constantly cutting TV and radio commercials after all those years my son Andy who's with us my daughter Alex is not they both got excited about the first time they'd ever been excited I cut a commercial that they saw on TV Dad we saw the commercial you cut oh my god and they get we're all excited about it it was a what was it spaghetti Andy I think it was spaghettios yeah it was, spaghetti. Yeah, it was uh, Monsters, Inc. SpaghettiOs.
4: So you're the one who got that account. Oh, of a sudden, Damn, it was, was so a big closed. deal
0: because I did Monsters, Inc. SpaghettiOs. <laughs> you know, do every airline, every bank, yeah. everything in the world. That, nah, it sucks. Don't forget that. SpaghettiOs, Dad. That's what you want to go after.
6: Well, to be fair, yeah. when you're 14 years old, you're not really thinking about banks or airlines so that's much. True, well, that's either. true. That's a very good point. No, no doubt. That was a good time, though,
0: back in the day. Is it? I guess that business is not that big a deal anymore. No. I think that, that a lot of a lot of local are there any vo- local voiceover people anymore? You don't really hear them. You don't hear. I them. don't think that's,
4: that's
6: really a thing anymore now.
4: There's a few who are still doing it, but oh, yeah? uh, you know some of the mainstays. But no, oh, oh, and it was a pretty good industry. There oh, were there yeah. were any number of people in the heyday. You know they would come they would come into the. Uh, creative casting office to yep. see if they had a gig yeah. after they'd roller skated around Lake Calhoun. That's very true. Yes. Yeah, I know. I was like, well, was that a good life? That was a very, very you,
3: true story. You know what ruined it, don't you? What? You and me.
0: By doing 10-minute commercials? Yeah,
3: and now everybody does their own That's spots, probably and they generally terrible. terrible. You know, and I
0: destroyed the business. <laughs> we were talking about that. Uh, you know, I just took a job with A.J. Uh, working over at Hubbard, and the Hubbards and I Got involved of in a partnership. I don't work for them, and they don't work for me. We're in a partnership, right? All the rest of it. But everybody, everybody's reacting really strong to that. And one of the things that I love about that whole deal is you go to the Hubbard. It's like a different world there than it is at every other place. They're actually happy. What the hell happened? Well, AJ? I
3: think they're actually in prison because every time I go <laughs> over there, I get lost in that building. I mean, it's it just amazing. It's it is unbelievable.
0: Amazing, man. You one are time, right about that.
3: Uh, I was supposed to meet the sales rep. And he goes. I gotta go to the bathroom. Just go down here, take a left, and throw bread comes Go up to him. I walked into a live TV set. Oh, Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. it's, like, it's,
2: it's the Truman oh, yeah. Show. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. Yeah, I'm coming up on was, four years there, but it took me about a year and a half to figure out oh, yeah. the best route to go from the parking lot to my actual like office. Yeah, so. yeah that's
4: right. I tried to find the cafeteria once. I heard oh, that it was a pretty luck. good scene.
3: It's a good cool, oh, it it's is. cool. I used to have it lunch is, with there yeah. all the I time. I never
4: found it. I wound up at the Egg and I and so that was fine. But yeah. the Egg and I very close. Yeah. Very <laughs> close. Yeah. Very <laughs> just down the road.
0: No problem. Everything's cool. No, but.
4: they had good food in the cafeterias, I remember. God. Well yeah, they were they they were uh, they were famous for the uh for a cheap meal and then, you know, if you were lucky maybe Maybe a Stanley Senior would walk in. Oh, he still eats there. Oh all yeah, the I have no, had yeah. lunch with him. And oh recently, yeah, you were two just two
3: talking to me about that. Ago. That's yeah. right. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: Now, who was the receptionist that used to work there? Older woman was it,
2: Dorothy? That's going to be over my head. I I, I usually do weekends and nights, so oh, I'm, not, okay. I'm not there when really so a lot of other people are. So it was before they
3: remodeled the main lobby when it was just kind of. Oh, luck, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It
0: took away my long end of the K, so I can't stand in Saint Paul, and Minneapolis at the same. time. That's design. right.
3: And <laughs> there, me there off. was a woman there. I got to be friends with her, but she was just like the crabbiest person in the world. Oh yeah, I'm like, this is the oh, face yeah. of the company.
2: <laughs>
0: well,
3: um, you're going to have to call back. Um, I'm sorry, we just don't. I don't. I can't. You're just. L- you're going to have to call back. <laughs> 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 Doug, how are you? I'm fine, her.:
0: Everything's cool.
3: I, I, I assume she it. retired because they have a different woman there now. I only go over yep. there about once a month or so.
1: I've got a quick question for you guys. Uh, I know Minneapolis is a big, heavy hitter in the advertising. Huge. Where did they stand? Where do you think Minneapolis stands now?
0: God, I can't call that because there, there's just not that much going on anymore outside of New York and Los Angeles. Some in Chicago, I guess.
4: Yeah, um, this used to be, you know, starting with Campbell Methune. Right. Yep. This yep. this was an epicenter.
0: It was, there's and no doubt it about it.
4: Campbell Methune, uh, I, I don't know how many how many times they've been purchased since yeah. then. But
0: yeah, I mean, Pat Fallon, Fallon McGilligan. Oh, Rice man. Well,
3: uh, they were the uh, best. Carmichael Lynch. Carmichael Lind yeah. was huge, absolutely. They still are. We We... Um, when we got when Walzer got the first Subaru dealership in O seven, Carmichael Lynch had just got the national account. Oh okay. And they're like, Would you like to go down tonight? And it's like, yeah, You're gonna pay us to F off all day with a bunch of <laughs> ad guys in the warehouse <laughs> yeah, district. There you go. Sign me up. So we went down there and had a really great meeting with them. And that they were the ones that were responsible for it's still this basically the same campaign for Subaru. Love, it's what makes Subaru a Subaru right, and all those right. kind of touching, really cool stories and it was a great way to market cars, and we got to know those guys over the years. And it's, 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 I like, if I had my life to do over again, I might have gone into that.
0: Ad agency? Yeah. Oh,
4: it, did, it looked like you'd go in there. It was like you know, I'd, I'd been working for the, the, the Minneapolis Tribune, and then I took the buyout when they merged. And so I took a job. It uh, wasn't a full-time job, but among other things, I was the local stringer for Ad Age. Oh yeah, sure. So that's when you first interviewed me, right? That's that's how I got here. Was was through adage. So um, every I'd I'd uh, I'd take tours around all the all the big ad agencies, like Carmichael Lynch and Fallon, and all the big guys, Campbell Methune, and um, it was uh, I probably I probably I probably went to about eight different ad agencies because there were eight significant ad agency. Yeah, it was a
0: huge business here
4: and and uh, at every ad ad agency at one point we'd be walking by the uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, the offices i was going to say desks but everybody had their own office yeah, and, you know, yeah. anybody who worked there had their own office yeah. so we'd be walking by the office offices of the the creative guys and at every single agency we'd stop outside the office of a guy who was probably in his 70s or so and the the guy the creative director who was giving the tour would say oh that's uh that's bill wilson you know he invented he invented the ham's bear
0: that
4: was dick well it was eight different people
0: well dick actually was the one who did it
4: i think it was dick though i think it you're was, right yeah yeah
0: Hell of a creative guy, there's no doubt oh, about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It so, was, honest to God, one of, the, one of the greatest advertising cities in the world. It, it yeah. was. There's no doubt about that. And I don't know why. They, I, I guess these don't do a lot of local voiceover anymore. I guess. I don't know. I, I, I think that's true. Years.
4: And, you know, Campbell and <laughs> was huge, and they kind of started everything. But then when Fallon came along, that really just reignited the surge because they were yeah. so good, and they won all the yeah. awards. And... Uh, and uh, Pat Fallon was a, he was he was he was kind of a friend of mine died very young he did die really young and uh, but he was uh, man the energy that guy had yeah he did yeah.
0: no doubt about it you have any more sad stories that we could tell about <laughs> people was perishing? A, it was a great story until no, uh, Mike <laughs> tipped in.
3: Yeah, I knew that guy died sadly. Well,
4: there was only one death. Oh, he was pretty then.
3: funny until he stuck his hand on a lawnmower. Oh, well, there was that. You guys <laughs> are a laugh riot.
4: Hey, it was <laughs> worth
0: it just to hear the soap going
4: through the hole. Yeah, And yeah, he, he had a sense of humor about it.
0: Yeah, he then
1: ends he had rock hands from. Then on. Yeah, like he's rocking. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right.
3: <laughs> when on tour of Black Sabbath. So, this band you played in Hawaii, what kind of music was it?
1: That was uh, a cross between Jamaican reggae and like Detroit soul. Cool. And to tell you, really? Fu- yeah, yeah. It, was, it was, you know, soulful kind of Jamaican feel. And yeah. uh, we call it maybe kind of soul rock steady. And in this kind of small scene, we were. The band I joined was well known throughout the world. I mean, I toured all over Europe, and there would be small crowds, you know, two, three hundred people that would sing yeah. all our lyrics. Not a big rock and roll thing, but underground thing, and it was fun. I tell you a cool story uh, when, we, when we toured China. Does it have
3: anything to do with dismemberment or death? Or no, anything? it's actually okay. a
1: positive.
4: Well, I gotta go then.
1: I gotta leave. All the guys are all getting up <laughs> as we talk about this. Exactly. So, w- when I were playing in inland China, uh, Guangzhou, and we we're playing, I think, at a college campus.
3: Now, Guangzhou is like 20 million people. It's a small, smaller of the Chinese <laughs> towns. Like 20. I mean, everybody thinks of Beijing, but they've got they got tons of cities with, that are just.
1: They're thir- like 35, 40 million people, but there's no culture there, so yeah. nobody knows about it. There's well, no when, art when you, or anything fun. When
4: you got like one and a half billion people, you're going to have a lot of yep. places we never yeah. heard of.
1: So I'm playing one of these college campuses, and you know we're doing our thing. I'm a bass player, you know, laying down a nice groove, real good funky music. And our, our singer was very soulful, you know, the kind of guy that, you know, almost James Brown, just kind of lands on his knees and does the whole love it, the whole thing. And I, there was a group of girls, off these Chinese girls off to the side, and they were, they were literally like weeping and pulling on their hair. Do you guys remember? I mean, you guys remember? You guys are older than I am. The Beatles thing. Oh, sure. That's what the girls did, right? right. Back in yeah. the day, because they've yep. never seen that before. Yeah. Right yeah. Now, you can imagine in China, only thing they've really seen Western was Bring! the fan thing. Yeah. Right. You know, the little right. dance in the Chinese opera, right? They've never seen a soulful guy get down on his knees. They're weeping, tearing at their hair, it's like oh. screaming. And I think that probably be the, be the last thing? time on earth that anybody would ever see anything like that. Yeah. You know, with the internet. Western things getting all around anywhere, and I would like look at the guitar player. I'm like, you see this? He's like, man, this is crazy. I've never seen this before. You know, I've been playing music forever. I never see that. Everybody was like, oh, great band, but never that level of
6: freaking out. Right. Yeah, but to be fair, teenage girls do that when they get the wrong brand of shampoo. So,
4: (laughs) (laughs) not to diminish your story,
6: (laughs) six (laughs) hour long (laughs) tantrum because they got the wrong size at Starbucks.
4: (laughs) <laughs> and the thing is, you know, those teenage girls. you have Alex's they, number? They probably worked yeah. in a factory, and there was a dormitory where fifty thousand of them lived. Oh God, you know, that I'm was sure, their yeah. life, right? Yeah. I'm surprised so they, they were even there.
6: allowed to go to something like that. To be honest. Yeah, I mean,
1: regardless, it was something I've never seen. You know, maybe it happens m- more often than not, but in my in my own universe, it was. It was a fun, God. fun thing to actually yeah. be and see in and, in the penthouse. Emo-
0: they were that emotional about it.
1: I mean, it was, just it was, I mean, I'm not lying. Weeping, pulling their hair, kind of thing. Yeah, hmm.
3: it's interesting. You play in a reggae and then a ska band. I, lo- I oh, love I yeah. love playing reggae. I think it's just oh, fun. It's
1: super fun. I mean, I mean, my
3: wife and I make records in the basement for fun, so we don't drink vodka all, all winter long and kill each other. <laughs> and a couple a couple of years ago, I brought in a friend of mine to play drums. Great rock drummer, and we we're doing a bunch of different covers. And Sarah wanted to uh, do a recording, a version of uh, uh, "Stir It Up," an old Bob Marley classic. Mm-hmm. That's great. That song. Song. And this yep. friend song. of mine's like, "I can't play reggae." I said, "Dude, it's dead simple." He said, "I've never played reggae before." I says, "Can you count to four? Yeah. Okay, the downbeats on the three. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And about a day later, he goes.
1: This is actually pretty easy. Kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You put your kick on the 2 and the 4. Yeah. There you go. So do. then
4: then you were basically just appropriating their culture. That's right, right. way to go. <laughs> well, well yeah, yeah, because
3: I hate Jamaicans. Yeah. I yeah. just want to steal all their best stuff. I thought you were better than that. Yeah, you're canceled. Yeah. Actually, Bob Marley is half English. <laughs> what the world? Do you know that?
0: Well, Bob Marley's yeah. half English? Yeah. No, I didn't know dad that.
3: Dad was in the RAF.
1: I didn't know that. He worked at the at the in Detroit, at the for a, a year. Oh, did you he know really? that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Bob yeah, Marley did? Yeah. That? Really? Lived in America for a while and worked in Detroit. What did he do? Worked on cars. You know, worked really? right Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just like any other youth, like, like, trying to find some money. You know? Yeah. yeah. So like, oh, okay. I suppose, yeah. Just went up, Then this would have been what, late 60s, you know? Yeah. This would have been the era.
4: <laughs> yeah, back when... Uh, Bobby Bear sang Detroit City.
1: Oh, God, there's a song.
4: By day I make the cars, by night I, I make, make the bars. bars. I mean, that, that has to be one of the greatest lines of rock music ever. <laughs> I agree. Or country rock, whatever it I was. Guess it was kind of
0: country rock, yeah. yeah, that's true.
4: That was in the days when, when that could cross over.
0: See, now Alice Cooper did cover that, though. Yeah. We can't even think of a word that rhymes. I love that line.
3: Oh, <laughs> from school's out. <laughs> we can't
0: even think of a word that rhymes. I love that so much. It's like a way to put pedal to the metal, Alice. Way to go. Great guy, too, by the way. Did you ever work with Alice Cooper? No. Phenomenal guy.
1: Yeah, I heard he's a great guy to work with. Just, you know, straight up nice guy.
0: He is. He used to be uh, about two he's cases. He's no Dan of, Aykroyd.
1: <laughs> no, that's
0: true. It's totally different. Yeah. But You know, he used to drink two cases of beer a day. And the guy weighed about a twenty for Christ's sake. I don't
3: sake. think
0: I could do that. He used to drink beer like a son bitch. I guess he'd get up in the morning and start drinking and not stop oh, yeah. until he went that's to That's the only way you to know, do two uh, cases. It's part of a yeah. balanced breakfast.
2: <laughs> I, worked,
4: I worked with a guy. He, worked, he worked at 12. the track. The and that's what he got. He got his racing form at 3 in the morning. Yeah, He was a handicapper. And he took out the case of beer. Yeah. And then he, he would always time it so he'd finish his tip sheet at the same time when he finished the case of beer.
0: You know, it's funny you mention it because his wife at the time—I think they're still married. I think—but she mentioned the fact that he never got drunk. No, he—he he,
4: he was just kind of steady. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it was—it was, it was kind of weird. Yeah. But what the hell? Good guy.
4: Good guy. Bad that's ending, but I won't get into that. Oh, bad ending with yeah. your boy? Yeah, I wouldn't, but Doug would, you know, Doug would be depressed. Yeah, know. that's true. It's too it, well, late. I got news for you. It's like hanging out with Woody Allen. <laughs> well, yeah. well, here's the thing, you know. I mean, there are no happy endings. You know that, right? <laughs> I, I Has anyone told you that?
3: I'm Pollyannish. I get it. I know.
4: And I'm a cute. depressive, so.
0: Just saw another headline. I don't know. It just popped up on my screen. Uh, I didn't know this. Maybe you guys know this, but. Alec Baldwin's got problems. Yeah. He's going to be charged with manslaughter. Are they really? Yeah, for that shoot. I'm for surprised. The I'm actually surprised about
3: that. I know a lot of people don't like him because he picked on Trump, but
0: that's not why they don't like him. They don't like him because he's a raging asshole. Well,
3: that too. Because he picked on Trump, okay, that's why I, a lot of my friends hate him because of that. Well, wow. sure. well you got all those
0: libos that you no, hang out with. those
3: would be my far, far left buddies. Those my far right far, would be my <laughs> friends. Way that hate over there for to that. the left. Not my we far left friends.
4: God, <laughs> <laughs> you really disappoint me, there, Doug.
1: Yeah, we go, Doug. I'm sorry. You've
0: ruined the world.
1: Well, that's my
0: lot in life, apparently.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: You guys <laughs> see that one where he's that. That episode of Alec when he's like yelling at his daughter. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. it was, that was a long was, time. It was gnarly. That it was, was bad. bad. That was bad. Because
3: yeah. she was like eight or nine or something. Yeah, it was yeah. sad. Not, not old, old enough for that.
4: Enough for that. Yeah. Yeah. You what? What? You little something fool. Wait till they're 12. Use <laughs> <laughs> stronger words
3: than that <laughs> if I yeah. remember it. Right. You might have used a, the S word or something.
0: Yeah, he's not a nice guy. No question. Now, Danny, his brother, is one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet.
4: Oh, sure. You go for the one who's like the hard right one.
0: Is he a hard right one?
4: Isn't he? I don't know. I, I think he know. is. I don't he even pay t- attention
0: to all that political does shit he anyway. have all I his just fingers? don't care. I, think <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he does or not. I literally have gotten to the point politically, I don't care what your politics are. I don't doesn't you be far left, far right, you want to be in the middle. Good for you. Just leave me alone. Leave me out of it, right? I I, I have to
3: admit in the last six months I've followed fewer and fewer.
0: Political you
4: can, things. You I
3: just, can't I just, watch it. it. wore me out.
4: Well, nice. I hear that. constantly. I hear that from a lot of people. That you know, they just they haven't quite gone off the grid. But the you know the the twelve hours in front of the TV. I mean, you can you can cut it down to six. I think without any problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can at night you can just watch the the six. Uh, like like on Fox, they've got the six. Uh, what do they call them? The opinion entertainers, right? Oh, is that
0: what they call?
4: Yeah, them? yeah. those are the six that Trump watched every day, and so now is that like Sean Hannity and those people. Yeah, those people. Yeah, and like now CNN, now they're going moderate now.
0: Moderate. Yeah, apparently you haven't seen Don Lemon. He ain't moderate. I can promise I'm, you that. All of those guys Holy
4: have Christ. gone have gone much more moderate. That's the new the new theme there. I really? Don't, I don't watch CNN much. I don't uh, watch any of those much. Not even. Um, I don't watch them at all. But but they've definitely they've definitely kind of. Uh, Oh, they're trying that. something. Well, you know, their ratings have never been great. They're terrible, they haven't been yeah. terrible because they could still afford, you know, all those all those people. But the other thing you have to remember is that half the people on CNN used to be on Fox. Yeah, that's so right. it's not like yeah. these people actually have strong opinions no. about anything. They're just entertainers,
3: actors. They're just selling yeah, they're cars. Right. They're selling cars is what they're doing. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what they're
0: doing. And really lying, <laughs> lying constantly the lying on both sides yeah I can't I, I used to try to tune in both shows and I mean both channels and watch I can't watch them at all anymore I just can't watch him because a, and then it was this guy's fault it's like that's a flat out lie and you know it mm-hmm. I can't watch it. Can't do it anymore.
3: I've, for the most part, given up fist fighting with strangers on Facebook. I just.
0: Yeah, why the, bother? The
3: best thing I ever read was about a year ago, and it really hit home. It said, You don't have to attend every argument you're invited to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: that's pretty wise, know. actually. I like that, actually. Well, you know, when you're, when you're talking about people who are in some kind of cult, yeah. and they believe, you know, just these incredible QAnon type stuff, every time you argue with them, they hardened their opinion. Yeah, oh, of course right. they do. Yeah. So it's like you're not – there's there's nothing that's good coming out of it.
0: I love Neil Brennan's bit, man. I told you about that, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Neil Brennan has a new 60-minute stand. He's phenomenal anyway. I'm the guy who worked with Dave Chappelle all those years. But Neil Brennan comes out on on stage. He goes, I can just go and open up with this. But I have to let everybody know, and I think you already know this, that I'm a pretty liberal guy but I'm, I'm getting this really different reaction from people now. Because, so, like, let's say, and again, understand I'm, I'm a very liberal person, but when I run into somebody and they go, hey, I'm a Republican, and they go, oh, yeah, come on over, we'll have a drink, and it'll be great. And then I go to the other people, the other side of it, the far right, and I go, yeah, I just want to introduce myself, I'm pretty liberal, and they all go, we'll see. <laughs> I think that's a great line. We'll see how liberal you are. It's the same way on the other side. We'll see how conservative you are, too. If you're fascinated by aliens,
7: ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. TuneIn, Pocket podcast Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, IR Radio, and podcasts
0: the paranormal 60 with dave schrader and we are back with stretches picks
4: you know tom uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks yeah and uh i highly recommend betting of course i always recommend betting
0: yeah absolutely so who's winning this thing the kitties the pack the bears or the purple
4: none of the above
0: those are all the teams in the division i know that well who's your pick
4: So uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com.
0: Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate. when you list with Shift, it's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell dot com. That's Shift the number two Sell dot com. Because life is expensive enough. I don't understand the, but it's got to be driven by fear. All of it is yeah. driven by fear. They're afraid of the world now, so they have to choose a side. I don't well, what are you afraid of? You're not, not gonna only live that, forever.
4: But I think like if you if you look at say the QAnon thing, which is a big thing, you know. What is that? It's I is it's it the just, way,
1: way, way far right or something?
4: It's, well, it's it, it goes beyond politics. It's
1: fringe right? conspiracy, right? Oh, yeah, it's all about. Well, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, mixed in with truth, I think, just like anything, that's yeah. we well, are
4: not hot of truth there. That's not what people come for when they go there. But mm. it's like you know, they, you know, they're the people who uh, fomented PizzaGate. Remember? The oh word? yeah, PizzaGate. Yeah, yeah I remember that's that. the kind of thing they do. They're the ones. Their QAnons are the ones who who really came up with, I think, but certainly managed to. Uh, Managed to uh, spread this thing that the Democrats were uh, kidnapping babies and selling their blood and and you know that Who would whole thing. believe that. Well, oh. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah. Well, yeah, a well, good example. Yeah, Lauren job <laughs> <Weber, laughs> uh, Paul Gosar. These are all I don't know these are all people. all people in 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 the House of Representatives. God, it it's, there's fun. a big offshoot. See, there. right
0: there, you just nailed it for me. Mm-hmm. There are about two politicians in the world I can stand. The no, rest of them are yeah. money-grubbing pieces of crap.
4: Well, Michael,
3: appreci- I'll show you something that I did lob over the fence of a friend of mine.
0: Lobbed over well. a fence.
4: <laughs> looks, like we're, looks like we're trying to defend Trump's policies. Would you like me to turn on caps lock and disable spell check? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Clippy
3: from oh, yeah. early Microsoft. <laughs> clippy. I, yeah. I thought it was funny. He didn't really. No, I didn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> um. like, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah.
0: Who didn't like it?
3: I I it was a, post, a friend of mine was ranting on and on, and on about
0: something, and like, post See, I posted that as a response. And it's like, yeah, I grew up. My uh, mother was a Democrat. Her best friend, her cousin, was a Republican. They would sit and talk about politics. They didn't agree on a lot of things, but it never got angry. Yeah. Why do we have to be well, angry? Because they were face to face. Yeah, they loved one another too. Yeah.
4: There's no, no it's it's, it's the whole the conversation has changed, and I think when you get to the people, like like the QAnon believers, I think these are people who are thinking that there's a magic solution to something.
0: Well, everybody believes that now. Hmm. They do, do. I don't know. know. Do you? you? <laughs> no. They I don't. Do not. I don't at all. i just waiting for the
3: Rothschilds to take over the world, and then everything will be fine. I I thought thought
4: they they already did. I guess it depends on who you ask.
0: The Vanderbilt's went broke, so they can't do it.
4: I've gone into the hardware stores and asked for one of those Jewish space lasers that the Soros company makes. (laughs) They're all out of them, I guess.
0: Now, that guy, don't even think of bringing that that prick's name up. Oh, well. Oh, what a horrible human being that man is.
4: Eh, well, I can... See, this is how all these arguments get started, because you say Soros, and then I say Koch brothers, and then we just go on from there.
0: Yeah, but thats they're exactly the same to me.
4: Mm, I understand.
0: Buying their influence, that's all they do, is they spend big money to buy influence.
4: The big difference between, between Soros and, say, the Koch brothers is Soros wants to die broke. And the Koch brothers always wanted to die with more money than anyone in the world, which, of course... And then, and then, of course, came Elon Musk, who had all the money. And then Elon Musk lost half of his money. Mm-hmm. And now the 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 most the, the richest guy in the world is some guy none of us have ever heard of. Right, right, exactly. So I guess anybody can be worth 150 billion. I guess. Yeah. I
3: guess I have an interesting. Hopefully, you'll find an interesting Koch brothers story. So. Back in 2016, the Walzers bought a collection of luxury car dealerships in Wichita, Kansas, which is where they're from. Mm -hmm. And Lexus and all this sort of stuff. And so I was flying down there a lot, trying to get it off the ground. And one flight, I happened to sit next to the um, CTO uh, for, what do they call, what do they call their company? It's like. Shit, what's the name of the Coke brothers? Company? Well, there's Coke Industries. No, but this is it's something planes anyway. Uh-huh. So and this was the summer before the 16 election. And I said, so uh, tell me what your bosses think about Donald Trump. And they said they think he doesn't have a chance in hell. So they're diverting all their money into grassroots campaign right. to try to get up through the government. And I thought that was interesting and because they, they would, had a pretty much of a front-row seat and didn't think he was going to win. The other interesting thing he said, I said, so what do you guys think about the end of big oil? And he goes, it's going to be over in about 10 years. We're diversifying as fast as we can. Mm-hmm. So it was, he was an interesting guy. He uh,
4: well, you know how the Koch brothers got all their money? It was from their dad. His dad was in the oil business. And his dad made the money. By um, by building uh, building uh, factories, building well, building the refineries themselves, mm-hmm. uh, and two of his biggest clients were uh, Stalin and Hitler.
0: So, like everybody else kidding? back in those no,
4: days. that's where the money comes from from Stalin and Hitler.
0: A lot of a lot of people went that route. As a matter of fact, they're still going that route. Well, building the, the
4: refineries that was something they desperately needed. Though. Yeah, yep. and there, and. Flint Hills Resources. That's okay. what I right. thinking of. So, um, but I think that sort of, in many ways, defines their their view. Their, it, it defines, Tom, their Velt
0: Yes, it does. Hmm. There's no question about that. I, I just find it fascinating some people can buy one side of an argument but, and not the other. Hmm. They're all filthy. All of them are filthy. That's the, the, I mean, it's not even an argument, for Christ's sake. Name five, five politicians that you like (laughs) well we were talking about one.
3: one last night we were yeah amy klobuchar i like her I don't think she's I don't, perfect, I, don't I know like her. her. I
0: don't know her very well. I've met her a couple of times. She always apparently tells people to say hello to me, but she never says hello herself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we should
0: try to get her on. I bet Paul could get her on the show. Why, that's fine with me. I don't have any problem with Democrats and Republicans. It's the far left and the far right that I can't
4: stand. I, uh, I, I've had I, enough. I'm quite partial to uh, to Katie Porter, who's, who's uh, in the House of Representatives. She's from California, and she's uh, running for Senate there. Still and uh, what do you mean?
0: Didn't they just go through that?
4: Well, I imagine there's always always. Well, that's true. They're always running for something. This would (laughs) probably be a different seat. Yeah, that's probably. And I don't. I don't even know. I mean, I I assume it's. Yeah, it's probably probably two years. Yeah, two years of it. But she's the one who. uh, She's the one who really likes to uh, humiliate CEOs. Who uh, you know? Who just received another hundred and eighty billion dollar raise?
3: So she's taking over for uh, Elizabeth Warren, in other words.
2: Is she the one with the big like whiteboard and does all the yeah, perfect. Yes. I know that's, exactly. What yeah, you're talking
0: that's about. Katie Porter. Yeah. And what she's where in California? You said.
4: Yeah, she's in California. Yeah, and and she actually uh, she actually represents a, a house district that's that's uh, not heavily liberal. So, Oh, is that right? It's, 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 you know, there aren't many of them left anymore. In California?
0: That, well, anywhere,
4: because they're, everything's gerrymandered now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's But true. She, she's in a district that's really about half Republican, half Democrat. Oh, okay. So, you know, she's, yeah, I mean, she, her focus is, is not on things that are particularly, they wouldn't be alienating to, to us.
0: You know what I'd like to get back to? what doug said why don't we split up the 17 billion (laughs) yeah (laughs) let's talk about that i mean why do we let them do this to us i don't get it
1: what do you think they're saving it for do you think it's going to be uh next election (laughs) you know it could be a buy-off thing it's It's like you know what i'm not doing so good so hey
4: well i think i think the, the biggest thing that 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 states need at this point, especially states with a lot of urban areas, is that they need they need to do something about the infrastructure. Yeah. And, and so does the whole country, obviously. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, um, while while Biden is and, and and the Republicans got that infrastructure bill passed, there's a, there's a long way to go. And this is a very yeah. you know we've become an old country with old people, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately we we can't rebuild the old people. I wish they could. Um, Ooh, I'd like that. I'd like them to, to do something about my infrastructure. <laughs> new body? Well, yeah. yeah get I, the new body right, going. I, you know, well, basically, all I will, all I really want is like 14 new organs. That's all.
0: I <laughs> can talk to Rod Serling for you. <laughs> yeah,
4: that's right, yeah.
0: Although it didn't work for him because <laughs> no. he, well, he died of lung cancer at like 54 or something, didn't he? She's weird because all he did was smoke. Right? Yeah. All he ever did was smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Like, holy crap. <laughs> I don't know why... Well, what is in people that makes them want to pick sides like that? I've never understood that. Why I'm over here and you're over there, and that's how it's going to stay. It's like, why wouldn't you want to get along? I don't.
1: Are, are we that. basing our opinions on the screen? Because, like, yeah, you know, like, yes, you're not getting that back and forth. You're not getting the nuance of talking to somebody. I love, and, it. Then you, and then you can sit behind that screen and say whatever you want. And now our opinion is mostly of stuff we see on the screen, not. What we talk to our neighbors or some friends right. with. Right. Well, a lot,
4: a lot of people believe that it kind of goes back to. Well, it goes back to Citizens United, but before that, it goes back to um, just people. People like Newt Gingrich. You know, Newt Gingrich is the guy who supplied his. You know, he, well, it was four Republicans. He's the guy who came up with the words that you should use when you're arguing with democrats and it was things like communist you know uh, (laughs) seditionist loser
3: welfare queen yeah
4: that, that whole thing right welfare queen was a good one and some people would say that that was maybe the genesis of, of how this thing started. Well, I don't. know. I think it was when they,
3: what was it called, the fairness doctrine, when they got rid of that yeah. in the mid '80s. That was the beginning.
4: Yeah, the that that didn't help any. Yeah. Because
3: it turned reporting into to entertainment, but they, yeah, no, you're still called right about it that. reporting.
4: Yeah. Well, it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, that that there's a lot of things that, that entered into it, and it was the same people who wanted to do that stuff. You know, the same people who wanted everybody to hate each other. Mm. politicians found it very useful if they could make everybody hate each other.
1: Yeah,
0: they do. You're absolutely right about that.
1: What is the personality type that will have to be a politician? Now, myself as a musician, I just obviously, I'm just one of those musicians, I just want to be loved, right? And I don't want to say stuff or lie and have negative connotations about me, right? right? But like when you're, is it shame? What what is it that you have to have or not have? You're
4: getting a little too close here. (laughs) 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 No, I mean I I think politicians, certainly the ones I've most of the ones I've known tend to be type A people. Yeah. Everything has to be done just right, and uh, um, Amy Klobuchar would be a perfect example of that. She's clearly a type A person. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, she is.
4: And I and I know because one of my sons, you know, worked on her campaign. Years ago, oh, they're right. Yeah, and she's you know she's the one he she'd come around to, like like when she was speaking at a Fourth of July parade and they set up they set up little tables with things you know you know how they do that with with bumper stickers yeah and they, yep and yep. and she'd go up there and she'd start rearranging things. <laughs> now, I would suggest she had better things to do. Yeah, but I well, um, would understand. But think that.
3: about what it must be like. Because most people don't go through this every, depending on your position, two to four years, you find out if you're going to have a job or
4: not, mm-hmm. and you and you find out in one day. But it's see, be the kind thing of is, weird. Th- those were better days because, in, in, like in the House of Representatives, there's, you know, there, you know, you might have like like you know, twenty seats that are contested. Yeah. And since gerrymandering came along, those people, they're they're in there the whole life if they want to be. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that yeah, that is true,
4: and I think that has a terrible effect too, because then they can they be, because they represent districts, you know, where everybody agrees with them, and so you know they're not going to go drifting back to the center; they're just going to go drifting to the edge.
0: God, it's all about money.
4: That's that's the whole thing, you know. That was money, money, money. That was the Koch brothers' thing. You know, they're the ones who put up who built all the computer models that that led to uh, the kind of gerrymandering we have. And the Democrats, basically, they just you know, they got they got caught with their pants down—not literally, although in some cases. Yeah. Uh, but. Anthony
3: Weiner joke.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it was
0: a little, a little yeah, exactly. worse. Yeah. Well, a, uh, yeah. Guy.
4: Well, I don't I don't know about him, but but certainly uh, Jeffrey Tubin was one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I and then I could call I could go off with all the Republicans too on the other side.
0: Jeffrey Tubin, why couldn't he just shut up? He had a real hard time shutting
4: up. I don't know why. That well, he's a really smart guy. Yeah, but shut up, cover your ass. What's wrong with you? But you know, it's. Uh, I guess uh, I guess he was driven. You might say.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah,
4: that's and there true. is something about politics that politician politicians. Uh, he wasn't a politician. But there is something about politicians that may I think that makes them become more and more masturbatory, you know, because yeah. they're always stroking themselves yeah, in one well, way or another.
0: I mean, you're absolutely right about that. Am I weird? Because I was just thinking the last three times I voted for president, I voted once Republican, once Democrat and once independent. Am I nuts?
4: Well, you're nuts to vote for the independent, but not the other two
0: i uh, guess i don't know no i mean you know she didn't win well, I will that, tell you. Yeah, that.
1: <laughs> not to narrow it down, yeah, narrow
0: it down. But I, but, she didn't win a woman and an independent I've, good vote tom but,
4: but i've done the same i mean i have i never voted independent In the 5th District congressional race. Yeah. But I did write in people, which is the same as voting independent. Yeah, that's right. Because I I couldn't vote for either.
0: I understand that. That's exactly why I did it, because I'm like, I don't
4: like either one of these
0: people. Let's move on, shall we? What are you going to do? All right, you got five more minutes, Doug. Talks well, I think we better
3: turn Crap. it back to our. Well, you know, we will talk cars for just a second no, before we get, get out of kidding. here. I'll be uh, going to try to broadcast next week remotely from Dallas, Texas. It's the setting for the probably 60th National Auto Dealers Association annual convention. It is a big deal. There's, there'll be. Thirty or forty thousand people. That I love this Dallas. Thing. Oh, Dallas is a great. Time. You know, I the last time I was there, and it was for another car thing. It was kind of the weirdest deal. So manufacturers have annual meetings with their dealers, and they usually do it in Vegas because Vegas is set up for conventions. But this year Mazda had it at, at Dallas in the summertime. They did the rollout at uh, uh, Cowboy Stadium when it was pretty mm-hmm. new. Then it was really cool to see right. that. But the funny thing was uh, the hotel that we sta- that they put us all up at, I think it was some monstrous Sheraton, it was also the home for the uh, Mary Kay Convention.
0: Oh, God. So
3: the bar scene <laughs> oh after 11 o'clock was a bunch of hammered 65-year-old millionaire car dealers <laughs> being pursued by hammered 55-year-old Mary Kay sales women.
0: It was just... It, it was awesome. You know, I'd pay to be there. For yeah, that one. yeah,
4: exactly. <laughs> and, and when they had that convention. band
3: got a lot of
0: tips. I bet. Yeah.
4: When they had that convention, you know, that's that's when all the, the strippers and hookers in Minneapolis are depressed. Yeah. No customers.
0: No customers yeah. left. we have
4: all left true. town, yeah.
0: Eh, what are you going to So do?
4: anyway, Jay, uh, and I'm not going to call you Pat.
3: Uh, I still gotta, don't know why he did that. I, know I have no thing. idea why he did
0: that. He <laughs> must remind com- me of somebody I know named Pat. All right.
3: A couple minutes left if is. you want to uh, promote your gigs we again. Have. Please feel free to tell everybody because we w- obviously wandered
0: all over the farm
1: on the show. Oh, well, this was super fun. I didn't know what to expect. I just I got the invitation from you through Jerry, yeah. and I'm glad to be here, and I talk to you guys, meet, meet you, you fellas. Um Of course, Folsom Prison Experience, the musical—that's what Jerry got really excited about. He came to two of our performances.
3: He's a big music fan. He loves. He's a big music fan. He's
1: been a, and he used to come out to my shows in the late '90s when I was a kid. You Mm -hmm. know, so uh, I've known him for a long time. I even worked at the restaurant that he had, and uh, you go way back with Jerry. And Folsom Prison Experience, this musical—it's highly entertaining. I mean, I can sell it all day long, but I think. You should just check it out online if you want to see what it's really about. i got Church of Cash. It's my Johnny Cash tribute show. I tour all over the United States, and I tour Europe a lot with. you're going to be in Dallas, I'll be in Dallas in March. Um, I'm going on a 30-day tour. I'm going to end up in Daytona Bike Week, playing four days down there, too. (laughs) So that's going to be kind of wild. Don't sprain your liver. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Right? Don't trip. (laughs) So there's uh, there's a lot of great stuff um, going on musically that you know i've been in music my whole life and and things are going very well for me now uh but i think it it took me a lot a lot of years to 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 get to where it is in music you don't just start you know you have to sleep on floors for a long time and then you're couch surfing and then eventually you can almost pay rent and then then you finally get a mortgage so uh, you know i'm 48 now so i've been at this game for 28 years touring and I'm, I just feel very lucky and privileged to be with some really talented people and write really cool mm-hmm. things like the Folsom Prison Experience because I think that this thing could maybe go real big. Like, yeah. you know, the It almost sounds like a Vegas out, show, actually. It, I mean, you can imagine it being over at Dollywood or it, in right. um, you know, yeah. having a, maybe an a installment in Nashville and then maybe even New York. Um, what I'm going to come to now is I'm getting to the point where I have to start licensing I have to work on licensing licensing the songs. I wrote 3 or 4 originals for it. But there's a lot of Johnny Cash songs and whoever Johnny Cash covered, right? I have to get all licensing for yeah. that and then I probably have to have a sit down with the Cash family. You know, probably his son, John Carter Cash, and see if I can get permission to use his likeness and use his name in it. So there's, you know, in my career as a musician, I've never been at this point where it's like serious lawyer yeah shaking hands big money being exchanged i've never been at this point it's very exciting i hope that you know i can come to an agreement and i hope yeah. that it doesn't get <laughs> yeah. to a point where oh uh, sorry sorry son you can't do any of this and then it just gets crumpled but um i think this this format of trying to take the the tribute band which is you know if you're going to be in music you have to be in tribute original music doesn't really cut it anymore oh. if you it never it, it, did it and never you're, paid very well, well i mean i was on original bands for many years and you know i made some money at it yeah. and you know but uh somewhat of a living not a great living yeah. but but you know i would say after like maybe two thousand two three then it's just like mm, there's no real money in it now it's all nostalgia you're yeah. gonna have to make money off nostalgia. Well, and
3: some of these tribute bands are great. There's a bunch of Russians that uh, do Chicago tunes. They're actually, I think, they're better than Chicago. It's like, wow. I mean, they're scary good, with just a slight Eastern European accent. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the right. guitar player nails all those Terry Kath solos that are just like, holy shit! I didn't. I thought there was only one person that ever lived that could play that stuff.
1: So yeah, I mean, for us musicians that want to make a living out of playing our axes or singing, a, you have to. You know, if you're not top 10 or top 20 or whatever, you know, this is what you're doing. But I want to take that. What do you do with that that model? It's like, well, you can keep on playing gigs that way. Or you can try to, like, what's the next evolutionary step? And that's when you add story and context and history to it where people want to relive it. So I'm hoping to take this model and then maybe write some more things. Maybe write a Blues Brothers one, you know, like, and call it, like, benefit for Mother Mary or whatever, right. you know. and then or
3: perpetual acceleration or
2: whatever. Yeah,
1: exactly, and then you write a show around that, and then yeah. you bring musicians in as James Brown, Aretha, and, you know, the whole gang, and then maybe go on and do a traveling Wilburys one, you know. And, you know, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's a, a new model that I'm going to try to explore, but, uh, you know, the time will tell. But right now it's just about being super creative and just getting down and, and writing and theorizing about it.
3: That's awesome. I have a piece of traveling Wilbury's uh, minutiae for you. Do you know how they got the name? Mm-hmm. So they were doing some they were doing some tracking, and Dylan wanted to do it over again. And George Harrison says, "Don't worry about it. We'll bury it in the mix." Oh,
6: wow. it in the Oh, that Wilbury. Oh, Wilbury in the mix. <laughs> Anyways, and we had a power outage. Good timing, I guess. But we'll see you next week. See you later.